0: Hey, what's up NFL fans? It's your boy Antoine Smith, Smith Sports Machine. And I know I've been away for a while, away for the holidays, but it's 2019 and I'm back better than ever. But in today's episode, I'm going to get into my picks, predictions for a wild card weekend in the playoffs. I'm going to touch on Black Monday give my quick thoughts on that and before I do all that I gotta thank y'all for tuning in I always supporting me and I thank y'all from the bottom of my heart but yeah those are the two topics that I'm gonna touch on in this episode and don't be surprised if I have a couple of upsets in my picks cause I'm the type that's always rooting for the underdog I have my reasons for doing that. Trust me. I have my reasons. But, let's get this playoff thing going, man. We're going to start off Saturday. Colts in Texas in Houston. This going to be a good one, folks. Colts, very underrated team coming into the playoffs. Uh, Andrew Luck, you know, bounced back this year out of the dealing with shoulder injuries the last year and a half and like I always said you know I didn't expect him to come back because uh, I thought his shoulder was done and it would keep him you know from playing being productive the rest of his career but he proved me wrong and I admit I was wrong but playing against the Texans in Houston going to be a tough order Uh, Houston started off kind of slow but then they reeled off nine straight wins Towards the stretch, they were a little bit shaky, which kind of concerned me. Colts, on the other hand, they got shut out a couple of weeks ago, but they bounced back and they didn't skip up, haven't skipped the beat since. Which is why I'm going to take the Colts in the upset first game of the playoffs in Houston over the Texans. I just think Andrew Luck, you know, is clicking on all cylinders with their offense, and everybody knows in the playoffs, momentum is everything. I think the Colts have that going into Houston. So I'm going to take them in the upset. I'm going to take the Colts 23-20 in Houston. But if y'all out there playing fantasy football, I will actually pick Deshaun Watson for this game because uh, I think uh, Houston would depend more on his arm then Indy will depend on Andrew Luck's arm because uh, Marlon Mack uh, had a great season running the football in Indy. So I think there'll be a little bit more balance. So if you're playing the perfect playoff challenge, uh, I advise you to go with Sean Watson because I think he will have to throw the ball a little bit more. And if Houston is to win, he will have to have a big game. Let's go next, Wild Card Weekend. Seattle at Dallas. This is going to be probably one of the best games of the weekend. Two stellar defenses against, you know, two likewise, you know like-minded quarterbacks. And they both run the football very well. Uh, only difference is, I think Seattle has a two-headed monster at running back. Which is why I think... Um, That would be the difference in the game. I'm going to take Seattle on the road. Yes, another upset on the road in Dallas. Uh, I love what, you know, Dallas has done, you know, this season, running the football. I think Dak Prescott has progressed a little bit more from last year, but I think Seattle's two-headed monsters. Coupled with Russell Wilson, who can also run the football, I think... Seattle's run game will outplay Dallas' run game, keep Dallas' offense off the field, control time and possession, which is beating the Cowboys at their own game, and I think the Seahawks can do that. So I'm taking the Seahawks on the road. 20 to 17 in Dallas over the Cowboys. My fantasy player to watch in this game, none other than Zeke Elliott. I think the Cowboys live and die by Zeke Elliott. I think he will get 100 yards and a touchdown. But, I still think they come up short. Those are my Saturday games for Wild card Weekend. I'll be right back with my Sunday games. Stay tuned. I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. And hey, again, thank y'all for tuning in. Smithy Sports Machine. Let's get back right to these wild card picks. Let's get to the Sunday games. Man, both both days, man, this is probably one of the best, to me, one of the best wild card weekends on record. I mean, so many, this race is so wide open. Anybody can win. And, man, look, if you were not into the 2018 season, 2019, I'm sorry, the 2018 playoffs, hey, they going to quench your thirst. Let's get to the Sunday game. Chargers-Ravens in Baltimore. Now, before I get into this, I got to say this right quick. I love the way the playoff format is put together, but I don't agree with a team with a better record such as the Chargers have to play at home against, you know, on the road against the Ravens who had a, who didn't have a better record. They should have it where, you know, I know division winners mean everything, but if your record is better than the person that you playing on the road, I don't agree with that because uh, you had the better season, you should get the home game. Now, I understand, you know, in another sense that they could have beat the Chiefs, you know, twice and got the first seed. But I just don't agree with you know the worst team having the home game. That's all I'm saying. But this game is um it's a toss-up to me. Uh the Chargers went clicking on all cylinders. Easily one of the best teams in the NFL. Ravens on the other hand defense is out of this world great have one of the best running games in the league, which is, you know, probably makes them, you know, the most dangerous in the playoffs. But I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Chargers in this one. I might be going out on the rope by saying that, you know, because like I said, it's a toss-up. But I'm going to go with the Chargers because uh, I just like, you know, what they have on offense better than what I like Baltimore has on offense. I think Lamar Jackson can, you know, wheel the Ravens to a playoff victory. But I think Phil Rivers' experience is what puts the Chargers over the top. Uh, so I look for Rivers to have a big game in this one. And uh, Melvin Gordon said he's going to go do or die. You know, it's playoff time. So I think he's going to play. Will he be at 100%? I still don't think he is. Uh, the last, you know, the last couple of weeks of the season, he still looked, you know, <clears throat> ballerina dancing through the holes when he usually hit the holes. Uh, he's a, he's actually, you know, a big president in the pass game with the screen game, which is, you know, one of the Chargers, you know, set-up plays before they go for the big play. But I think the Chargers have too much on offense. I think they can score enough points in Baltimore to beat the Ravens. So I'm going to take the Chargers on the road over the Ravens 23-17 in Baltimore. Like I said, that's a tough game to pick, but I'm going to go with the Chargers because, again, I like them going to the Super Bowl, and I still picked them to go to the Super Bowl. I'm not going to back off of that. Uh, if you're playing the perfect challenge, like I said, the, the uh, person to look for in this game is probably Keenan Allen. I think Keenan Allen, Phillip Rivers to Keenan Allen will be the key connection to the Chargers winning um, this game. Eagles and Bears Sunday evening. Super Bowl champions against in my in my <clears throat> in my prediction, I think um, Chicago will be the only team that can knock off New Orleans at home. I'm going to stick to that because I don't see another team doing it. I pick Chicago to beat the Eagles at home. I like that the Eagles made the playoffs and I want to see another run by Nick Foles, but that run is going to stop here. I think the Bears are too strong on defense for the Eagles, who uh, have struggled with the run game this year. Uh, Nick Foles has not faced a defense like that. Uh, Yes, Dallas has a good defense, but the Bears are on another level. So, like I said, I'm going to take the Bears in this one. I think the Bears can pull this one out pretty easily. I'm going to go 24 14 Bears over the Eagles. Fantasy player to watch in this game, I'm going to throw a wild card. I'm going to go Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen is maybe the NFL's best kept secret, uh, meaning he's a dual threat, uh, he can break the big player anytime. Whether it's out the backfield, receiving, running the ball, or special teams. So, Tariq Cohen will probably be the wild card in this game. And I think, uh, he makes a difference in this one. So, those are my picks for wild card weekend. I hope, you know, I hope your team, if you're listening to this, I hope your team succeeds. And I hope I didn't offend anybody. But, uh... Those are my picks. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on with Black Monday and these NFL coaches. Some of those fires rubbed me the wrong way because some of them didn't uh, deserve it. But on the other hand, it was time for something to go. Y'all will get my thoughts on those coach, coach firings from Black Monday when I get back. See you in a minute. Machine is back. And we about to get into Black Monday. If it's the Monday, you know, after the regular season is done. And teams decide whether they want to move on from current coaches or not. But this Black Monday, there were eight coaches that lost their job. That is a quarter of the league. Yes, I said a quarter of the lead. Eight coaches fired, 32 teams. Do the bad. But I'm gonna start off in Tampa with Tampa Bay Buccaneers, moving on from Dirt Cutter. I like the move because uh, I think the Buccaneers hadn't improved, you know, under Dirt Cutter the last couple of seasons. I think they have too much talent not to compete. Yes, the NFC South is tough, but with all the talent they have on both sides of the ball, I I still don't think uh, they should be in the point they're at. They will have a lot of choice to make on draft day. Uh, Whatever coach they choose to put with the Buccaneers is going to have a tough job ahead of him. So uh, Dirk Cutter was the first to go. Uh, Todd Bowles in New York, the Jets. Uh, they gave him another season after the season before, uh, would not which I thought he would have been gone, but they gave him another season, but he couldn't improve. Uh, I don't blame it all on him because like Bill Parcells used to say, you know, let me shop for some of the groceries. And that's a problem, you know, with a lot of NFL teams. They don't let their uh, head coach Help shop for the team that he wants to put together. And when you're a head coach and you're up against that, it's tough. It's tough. That means you have to coach uh, whatever the GM puts on the field. And sometimes I believe that is not fair. And it's the case with a lot of these people that got fired. Uh, prime example Steve Wilkes, who was let go by the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Steve Wilkes only got one season you know, in Arizona to coach the Cardinals. And him losing his job to me, uh, it was a bunch of bull because um, how can you expect him to pick up a team uh, who offense looks like a high school offense, can't run the ball, can't pass the ball, rookie quarterback. And on top of that, they lost a lot of pieces in the offseason. Uh, I would love to see what Larry Fitzgerald, you know, would do to come back for just one more season. But if I'm Larry with a team like that, uh, I don't see myself doing that. I would either retire uh, and wait on my call from Canton. Or I would, you know, demand a trade. Because uh, I don't see Arizona going anywhere, you know, in the near future. Uh, their GM is a hothead. Uh, I don't think he's a good GM. Uh, Steve Kind, I think his name is. Uh, I just don't agree, you know, with the way he does things in Arizona. Until Arizona gets another GM, they're going to be going through coaches like a deck of cards. Keep dealing out after hand after hand. And their fans don't deserve that. But Steve Wilt's losing his job was a bunch of bullshit. I'm just going to see it. Let's go to Miami. Uh, Adam Gaze. Uh, to me, Adam Gaze is more of a coordinator and not a head coach. Uh, I didn't... You know, like his leadership skills. Uh, Miami's another team, you know, lost a lot of talent. Um, I don't think um, the locker room ball the what Adam Gaze was um, doing in Miami. Uh, they're another team, like I said, have, have a lot of talent, uh, but lost a lot in the offseason, uh, notably in Dominican Sioux. <clears throat> and on top of that, um, Ron Tannehill, missed most of, I'm sorry, missed the season before with a torn ACL. And, you know, in Miami, uh, is one of the main spots in the U.S., you know, for entertainment and, you know, vacation. So, Miami, having the resources that they have, should always try to put, you know, a prime team on the field. And Adam Gaze did not, you know, display the type of leadership that that organization needed. So now they're searching for another head coach. Uh, Hopefully they finally get it right. Whomever whomever takes over that franchise uh, have to, you know, try to talk to the GM about, you know, putting that team together right. Because they've been spending money left and right, you know, the last... I would say, 10 years trying to get that team right. But, I mean, it just keeps going south. So, until they get the proper management in front office, Miami is going to struggle. Vance Joseph would be my next firing. Uh, I don't like this firing at all. Uh, It goes back to what I said earlier. I mean, he's playing with what they put on the field. And I've said this before. You can go to my... YouTube you can go to my blog. I wrote about it over and over and over again John Elway is the problem in Denver and I'm sick of head coaches being a scapegoat for him Yes, he's a golden boy in the Denver area but until the Bowles family You know opens their eyes and see that he's the problem Denver will never you know Will not be the same. Yes. He won a Super Bowl but that was mainly because of, uh, in my opinion, Peyton Manning. But Von Miller is getting another year older. Bradley Chubb, they brought in. Uh, but he will only be as effective as Von Miller makes him. So until Denver gets a leader at quarterback that they need, and like I said, they haven't had one since Peyton Manning, and they've been going down here ever since. Until they get the right leader at quarterback, the Broncos will struggle. I'm sorry. That's all to it. No matter how good their defense is. But if your defense had to stay on the field, two-thirds of the game, nine times out of ten, you're going to lose. Let's just keep it honest. Uh, Vance Joseph, I feel, you know, should have got at least one more year with the way you know he was leading that team. But... The quarterback position is holding that team back. And if the Bowles family don't see that, or, you know, Elway, to me, he doesn't even see it. But I would give Elway one more year to turn that boat around. And the only way that I would let him keep his job after next season is they make the playoffs. And to be honest, I don't see that happening. So John Elway, you know, would have to be out of there, in my opinion. Um, what do I go next? Oh, how could I forget Marvin Lewis? Uh, when I first got into radio, you know, being a radio show host, doing shows, one of my first topics was, um, when are the Bengals gonna fire Marvin Lewis? And right now, after 16 seasons I don't know why it took so long they finally let him go Uh, there has to be more behind it you know we'll probably get the answer to those questions you know later on down the line but Marvin Lewis has to be the biggest pimp in NFL history point blank period now that the Cincinnati Bengals have got rid of him. And what I'm hearing, Hugh Jackson might be the next coach there. Hugh Jackson was uh, the coach of the Cleveland Browns when they went 0-16 in 2017. And on top of that, he has probably a coaching experience. Now, if they go from Marvin Lewis to Hugh Jackson, it may be taking a step backwards. But on the other hand, you know, it could be, you know, a win for the minority coaches. Um, Because I feel, you know, the way the interview process is going, um, I don't see probably nothing but, you know, one or two of those vacant spots being occupied by a minority. It's going to be tough, you know, no doubt, you know, to see where each of these teams go. But I want to see... You know, which organization does right by the Rooney Rule. All of them may do right, but let's see who hires, you know, a minority next. I'm going to continue on this topic right after this short break. I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Well, we almost come to the end of this uh, show. Smitty Sports Machine, episode 23. But before I get out of here, I got to uh, talk a little bit about the Cleveland Browns and Green Bay Packers. They both fired their head coach during the season, so those may be two of the most intriguing jobs that uh, that might you know spark the most interest this off season. But Green Bay's job, um, I think it'll be tough for whoever takes that job because uh, lately I've been reading a lot into uh, Aaron Rodgers and you know how difficult it is you know to play with him at times, uh, how difficult it is to coach him. I'm just going to say it like this. If your quarterback has the kind of influence that he obviously has with management, don't take that job because your your expectations is going to be through the roof, but your hands are going to be tied at the same time. And in the NFL, that's tough to do when you're coaching. you got to have hands on at all times. You got to be able to coach the players, you know, and give them the proper signals, you know, teach them the playbook, you know, guide them and lead them. And when a quarterback, you know, wants to obviously do his own thing on the field, you know, control the the uh, office off the field, there's going to always be problems. And until Aaron Rodgers decides, you know, to let the coaches coach. You know, that's going to be a tough job to take. That's just my two cents on that. Now, Cleveland Browns. To me, Cleveland Browns is a job that I would want. Number one, they finally got the quarterback they need after 19 years. Uh, Two, the talent that they have on both sides of the ball, you know, is really good. Uh, The draft may help them, you know, get their future left tackle to, you know, protect Baker Mayfield, which is something that they have to do. Three. Um, That GM, uh, I think his name is Jim Dorsey, if I'm not mistaken. John Dorsey, I'm sorry. Uh, That's the kind of GM that you want to to coach up under. That's the kind of GM that you need in the front office. One that understands, you know, how to win. What to, put, what to put together and which players that, you know, better fits his coaching system. He works with the coach. Um, he knows how to evaluate talent. So, uh, the Cleveland Browns is a job that I would probably want. Now, I know in the past, you know, a lot has gone on with, uh, you know, the losing. But it seems like they had the right gym in place now. So, you know, head coaches, think about that Cleveland Browns job, you know, before you take another job. Last but not least, Mike Tomlin. Yes, you've been in the Pittsburgh for a while. And on top of that, you've done very well. But it's time to move on from Mike Tomlin Pittsburgh. Uh, I think his time in Pittsburgh is short because his way of coaching being the player's coach it's played out. And the reason why I say that is because when your star wide receiver and your star quarterback are beefing or you get off to a good start down the stretch you falter. And then that's That's when I excuse me. That's when all the bickering starts. When your coach can't coach it, can't lead the locker room, and the players don't buy into what he's doing anymore, uh, arguments are going to ensue. Players are going to get disgruntled, and on top of that, where is the class that the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, organization has taught these players? Uh, ever since Mr. Rooney passed away, you know this team has seemed to me has went downhill uh, because the class that he taught within his organization, you know, it seems like it's just a foregone, you know, memory. And until Mike Tomlin gains control of that locker room, if he has the time, I mean, they're not going to be who they once were. Now, granted, I'm just saying, Ben Roethlisberger, he just may be the problem. He's throwing shots, but in the past, we've all seen what he's been accused of. So, if you have a past like he has, what right do you have to throw shots at anybody? As a quarterback, as I've said many times, you got to show leadership. You gotta show leadership towards your team, teammates, uh, the organization, and everybody. Anything that comes with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Ben Roethlisberger, I don't think has expla, has displayed that type of ability. He's more of a diva than a leader. I'ma just keep it real. But until they decide that they want to return to being the Pittsburgh Steelers they're going to have to let Ben Roethlisberger walk. I'm sorry. It is what it is. I said it. I don't care who likes it. I'm just being honest. But those are my quick thoughts on those three coaching jobs, Cleveland, Green Bay, and Pittsburgh. Now, I know Mike Tomlin may not get fired, but to me, it's time. But... Those are my thoughts on Black Monday, my NFL picks, wildcard weekend. I thank y'all for tuning in. Y'all know how I do it. Oh, but before I go, please check me out on Twitter at FatboySlam underscore 21. That's F-A-T-B-O-I-S-L-I-M underscore 21. Instagram Antoine A-N-Number 2. W-O-N and check out Smitty Sports Machine on YouTube and on wordpress.com for all my latest blogs and the things I like to talk about but I put them on paper well not exactly paper but it's the computer but you know what I'm getting at but again thank y'all for tuning in this has been episode 23 and i catch y'all on the flip side my good people Peace out.